I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. In this podcast, we chat about the back-to-back wins against Blackpool and Norwich. We go to Shithouse Island and answer your podcast questions. This is the Borough Breakdown podcast, and this is all your Borough Match Day chatter in a pod. One support. Curtis Fleming is there on the edge of the air. Fleming for That's Craig it. Hignett. Hit it, Higgy. Higgy hits the track. Ravinelli coming alive again. Janino wants the ball played to him. Ravinelli spots out. Hello and welcome to the Bora Breakdown Podcast with Johnny, Dana and Tom. We are the Bora Podcast that gives you all of your Bora Match Day chatter in a podcast. And back-to-back wins for Bora against Blackpool and Norwich. See Bora move up to 14th in the championship table. Three wins in four, three wins away from home in a row and four points off the playoffs. Uh, guys, how are you feeling? Because what a week, um, especially on Saturday, uh, the, the, the goals that came helped us come back against Norwich and I just could not believe Ryan McGree's absolute screamer. But um, how are you feeling? As many words as you want. I feel like I couldn't give you three words because, <laughs> wow. Um, Dana, do you want to go first? Yeah, just absolutely overjoyed, to be honest, Johnny. I really didn't expect two wins this week. I didn't expect to be coming on to this podcast talking about a win from yesterday as well against Norwich because Borough fans, all we're really accustomed to is going to Carroll Road and coming back with nothing more times than not. So just really, really happy for the players because I've always maintained the belief that they are good enough. They've just needed someone to believe in them and that confidence put upon them and I just yeah I'm really really happy we've seen signs of progress you know two away wins in a week two and a half months ago nobody would have expected that you know in our opening seven away games we'd only picked up four points and now nine in the last three it's um yeah it's it's so so good to see we're we're in a really good feeling at the moment and uh yeah I'm enjoying it for what it is brilliant uh Tom, how are you feeling? Well, I actually had three words for this one. I was going to channel the inner um, Brad Guzan grandma and just say absolutely mint, man. Uh, last couple of games, I mean, obviously the the six points that we got from them is, you know, the the best part of it. Two away wins, who would have ever thought that had happened? But the, some of the football we played, it's it's just such so entertaining to watch now, and considering there's been a complete change of formation and Carrick's only been here what, three weeks, maybe. I can't believe how quickly he's managed to to turn it around and completely transform the way we play. Yeah, uh, he has. And we look really, really good. Um, it's really good to, to see us play with such confidence and togetherness on the pitch and also to see us just thriving like on and off the pitch uh, with the fans being really connected with the team but for me this is this is kind of where I am to be honest um and like Johnny's happy players I think just we've been so so good um over the last week and it's just nice to see a Borough team come back to that 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 place where we seen pretty much pretty much last year where we had that that part where we were really good to watch on the eye and it was exciting to watch us again and now I, I feel Excited this time, but it's a little bit different this time. I feel a lot more closer than I do, uh, or than I did under under Wilder, which is strange for me to say that because I thought Wilder was great at the time. Um, but let's talk about Blackpool first because Boy went to Bloomfield Road, Bloomfield Road, and absolutely blew Blackpool away. Uh, and Dana, you were there. Um, how did the look in game feel for you being there? Being there because 
it looked really cold but we're, we're red hot yeah i mean i have a cold now thanks to that blackpool uh concourse but i tell you what if we weren't having a party in the away end then us Borough fans probably would have been on Blackpool Beach with our feet up drinking pina coladas because it was pretty much comfortable from start to finish with little to no hitches throughout. It was, I was taken aback by it, to be honest, because we were playing like the home team. And there was a point in the second half where we were all laying, you know, we were passing the ball around with such confidence. And <clears throat> it's so weird to to talk about that because it really wasn't that long ago that, we were talking about the exact opposite, you know, Borough players being devoid of that confidence. So to see us play with such a swagger and authority and the best type of arrogance against Blackpool was really good. And we were so dominant, the movement in midfield, playing around Blackpool, um, enticing them in, in the press, lulling them into that false sense of security and then passing the ball with intent and purpose and, just looking really, really good. It was a fantastic uh, away day. We were all having an absolute blast. Uh, but there's one negative that I do have to call out um, that I think is really important. Um, obviously, people probably will have heard it, but there were a section of the away fans that were booing the Blackpool players taking the knee, which was incredibly disappointing in a week where obviously Chirapom uh, was subjected to that racist abuse um, on social media. It was brilliant to see the reaction to that and the support that Chuba got. But to follow that up with some booing in that away end was really, really deeply uncomfortable and, and really, really disappointing as well. Obviously, it's a minority, but I just want to call that out. But football-wise, it was a brilliant performance. Borough deserved the, the three points. It was a fantastic display. Um, and, yeah, just really, really, really happy with with what we saw. Yeah, rightfully called out as well, the uh, fully backer on that. But then also the performance on the pitch was, was, was brilliant. Um, Tom, what impressed you about the performance against Blackpool? I think uh, one, of, one of the words Zana said there is the key to it all dominance. We never looked like we were, like they, no, sorry, they never looked like they had a chance of scoring um, and, and we were just completely outplaying them. Um, yeah, I, I did think at the time, you know, they got four, 14 players out injured, you know, could it be something to do with that? But you can only beat what's in front of you. They still had some good players on the pitch and we never gave them a chance and, you know, it, it got me thinking, like, if this game had happened, you know, a couple of months earlier, um, would it have been the same scoreline? Probably not. Um, yeah, it, it was just, it's been so impressive uh, the the last few games. Um, obviously, Bristol, we, we absolutely should have won by by a mile as well. But just, like I say, the, the absolute change around in, in the team and, the, the fact that we, we've gone there, as Dana said, played like we were the home team and, and played some really good football as well. Um, when earlier in the season, you know, the players looked devoid of confidence, they couldn't make the right decisions, etc. And and now they they look completely, you know, on top of the game. Yeah, they really do. And I think the look that, that on top of the game really comes from confidence and that showed in the first goal, Dana, that comfortableness on the ball moving it really well and it was a lovely goal wasn't it yeah I, I said after the game I tweeted that it's my favorite goal this season and it won't be topped and I maintain that belief because I absolutely love those goals where it's it's a, a crossing D to the far post not back into the danger zone and then it's either swept home in Jones's case or it's lashed home I absolutely love it but it starts with Zach Steffen and Borough recycled the ball. Steffen is in possession of it and then he dinks the ball over to the left-hand side uh, where Riley McGree is. And then Riley McGree plays it to Hayden Hackney and something that doesn't necessarily directly affect what comes out of this move, but something that I want to acknowledge anyway because Hayden Hackney is very good at doing this. Uh, he lets the ball run across his body, um, opens up his body to invite that press from Jerry Yates and... Jerry Yates probably thinks in that moment that he has a chance there of, of winning the ball. So he's aggressive. He tries to attack it. He tries to press. And Hayden Hackney's basically like, nope, plays the ball to Johnny House. But what he does in that movement is he opens up so much space in front of him. And noting two Brat Poms role in this team now, dropping deep, linking play, exploiting those spaces. Akpom doesn't actually drop into this hole here, but Still, that's an avenue that he could have done that because of the the press that Hackney has basically magneted to him there. But the ball's played to Johnny Housen. 
And then he plays the ball uh, down the middle to Jones. Lovely give and go between him and Tuber at Pom. And then a move that's made on the overlap uh, through Tommy Smith is really important here because Jones continues his run. He pulls Dominic Thompson with him centrally, but then out wide, uh, Tommy Smith makes a, an overlap and then he commits Tio Corbinow to him. And it just opens up a little bit of, of room for Akpom to be able to assess his options and to pick out that wonderful, wonderful ball to uh, Marcus Force. And I don't think it should go unnoticed or underappreciated the awareness of of Marcus Force in that move. But before I really talk about that, I just want to indulge in that pass from Chubrat Pom because it is brilliant. You know, I mean, I was going to say a striker there, but he's playing as a number ten, is he? So his job is to do that now. But the technical ability for him to do that is very, very good, and something that I didn't realise that Pom really possessed so much. But it's a fantastic ball over to Marcus Force. The selflessness, obviously, there's only one thing that he can do there, to be fair to him. He he has to knock it back into that area, but just the awareness. And also, I really, really want to point out Jones's anticipation here, because if I was a Blackpool fan, I'd be absolutely furious with Dominic Thompson because he's just very passive. He's he's not anticipating that. Uh, He's slacking, essentially. Jones catches him um, slacking, and he anticipates it. Um, he's on his heels, he gets in front of Dominic Thompson and he's able to be in the right place at the right time to cushion that home. It's just a really, really well-crafted goal and a pat on the back to the Borough players for that. It's obviously something that they've worked on because that Pomer said after that game that he knows where certain players are supposed to be because it's just what Michael Carrick has, has really um, put into them um on the training ground and yeah I absolutely love that goal I, I really 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 don't think that that's going to be topped because in terms of actually the the makings of that goal it's it's spot on it's perfect I feel like a lot of fans will probably say yeah well what about the goals against Norwich you know Ryan Grace is a kick the second <laughs> goal was really good yep. but I mean but both uh like all three of them are really well worked goals and I think in, in that game yesterday uh, again against Blackpool I noticed that how Borough pretty much controlled the game and we spoke about it in the previous podcast ever so slightly where we spoke about how Blackpool like to get out wide, use the combinations to get up the pitch in the three uh, three midfield and how Borough like to be a bit more compact and I thought this could be a battle of the midfield and how Borough control the central areas and how they can dictate the game. So looking at the average positions on it and average positions itself is a massive caveat, you know, it's an average, it's not where people are throughout the game and there's going to be rotations in in uh in flexibility in, in tactics but also formations and where Borough dominated the play was in that central area you know when we're looking at Hackney, Housen, Akpom um, and when you're looking at their central midfielders central midfielders I think when you look at how Borough dominated it and you can see it in probably the passes so where Borough big most percentage passes were in that central central area and within the half space and what Borough would what did really really well in that game was able to press when they needed to, when the right back got the ball or the central midfielder got the ball, that in itself stopped the ball going out wide and trying to stop the combination. So when every time Borough had the ball in midfield, they were able to drive forward. So when you look at Housen and Hackney's touches uh, throughout the game and Ryan McGree as well, they're all in this central half space and they've been able to completely control the game. And since Blackpool didn't have enough quality to try and get the switch over to the wingers or try to play up the pitch and the width, um, Borough were able to control possession really, really well. And also when they needed to, they just dominated the play. And since Blackpool were, were pulled from side to side, Borough were able just to drive through and create plenty of chances. And for me, that I think that was probably one of the biggest dictators uh, dic- dictators in, in, in the game. And yes, we were fortunate with a penalty, uh, Tom, but... <laughs> I mean, was it Tom? Was it a penalty? No, he wiped no. him out. <laughs> wiped him out clearly. <laughs> to, penalty then. So, to, to be but... fair, I, I thought that at first. I thought, you know, he's he's gone down extremely easily there, and there was no contact. But when you watch the replays back, it is clear that he's avoiding contact um, and and kind of getting out the way. If he hadn't have you know jumped, pretty much the keeper was touching him. So. I, I, I do think, even though he was going away from the goal, that is still still a foul. Okay, well, yeah, obviously when we're saying that Borough get the 
get the definite penalty, uh, as you mentioned there, Tom. Um, you know, that the game was pretty much put to bed then, and then Borough were able to have more flexibility in the play because Blackpool had to open up even more, more central space, more half space, and Forest controlled it from, from start to finish. But Tom, Marcus Foss, uh, really good for a development striker, um, as you as you tweeted. Um, he's now got a run of games in, and what does he bring into this side going forward? Because Borough's seem a lot better with him in the team. I think the main things is pressing. Uh, I saw a tweet in the last week where someone compared his pressing to Sunshine. And I was like, <laughs> I mean, from what I remember, I don't think it was that good because I seem to remember Tunchai sprinting from, you know, all over the pitch and never running out of energy. Uh, but he's getting there. Um, <laughs> you know, Car- Carrick said after, I-, I can't remember which which game it was that, you know, he, he took force off and-, and pretty much said what you brought to the team there is more important than, you know, getting the goal. Um, and, you know, it, it helps us, in in terms of stopping them playing out from the back and forcing mistakes, um, when when we're pressing from the front like like he's done, I thought he deserved a goal um, on Tuesday night. I think he, he's had a, a couple of decent chances, um, decent chances recently. I remember that one where he hit the post against uh, Bristol, unlucky to hit the post there, and then it was uh, a great finish by a great finish player uh, on Tuesday. <laughs> We should I have seen very... that coming, Johnny. I know. Well, I thought you were going to say something about him being 28 for a second there as well. And I was like, no, he's not. <laughs> yeah, um, he's not 28. <laughs> yeah. Oh, dear me. I'm going to cut that out. Um, anyway, <laughs> yeah, Farrell Far- 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 Willis uh, made his debut, um, 976th uh, Borough player to do so. He's came out the blue, really. Um, I appreciate if you're watching the 23s, he's been looking really good this season. Um, but how do you think he did? Because he he seemed to do okay, right? Yeah, he'll be happy with that. But um, <laughs> no one no one got that one. Thanks, guys. I, no, I, no, um, I, 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 that's ah, oh, yeah. I'm just trying to stop this podcast. You know, yeah. what's with, what's with, what's with <laughs> the shit jokes today? You know, <laughs> Tom Greenery. There's so much Tom Greenery going on. Um, yeah, I thought he was. He he looked dangerous. Um, when he got the ball. I don't think he had a lot of time to have an impact, to be honest. Um, but, well, to be honest, I don't even know when he came on. It was all a bit of a blur in the second half. I was talking to these three people in front of me. So shout out to Sue, Claire and Richard that um, took quite an interest in my Borough Breakdown shirt and hat. But, yeah, I mean, he, I mean, he nearly scored, didn't he? He had an opportunity where he caught, sort of cut inside and, uh, and had an opportunity. But he looked lively and I'm really glad that Carrick gave him an opportunity because when I saw him on the bench sort of just assume yeah he'll, he'll, he'll be on the bench much like we saw with Sonny Finch earlier this season and he probably won't come on but he took Dyke Steele out of the squad for Pharrell Willis so that shows that he's willing to give these young players an opportunity and I absolutely love that it's something that I really want to see more of something that Wilder didn't really encourage and I like the fact that already Carrick is Molding Hayden Hackney into a fantastic player. And shout out to Leo as well, because Leo was the one that brought Hayden Hackney into the team. Um, and Carrick has obviously given Pharrell Willis a, a debut as well. Brilliant. Yeah, it really was. And uh, to celebrate the week, he signed a new deal for till 2025. Uh, so we could could be seeing more of Pharrell Willis very, very soon. Um, but Tom, I think we had a question about this as well, um, but I'll bring it forward slightly. But do you think we could see more Borough Youth Academy players being integrated more into the 18 now, I mean, with Farrell Willis being the start of that. Well, I think Hayden Hackney was pretty much the the start the last, but um, yeah, I mean, I think the fact that he, he looked positive when he came on and got a, a decent chance, then signed a new contract a couple of days later, I think it just proves that he didn't just get lucky when uh, he was he, he got um, Dykesdale off the bench. Uh, he, he was there on merit, and yeah, you got that one. But... <laughs> I didn't. I was just. I was just sat there blank faced. I still. I didn't even know what he said. To be honest, I'm, I'm just not going to react anymore. I'm not going to react. I'll, I'll let the. I'll let the listeners react. Next match day, Paul, whose uh, whose pun was the best. But um, no, I, I, I think it's it's clear that you know it, it always has been clear that we've got players with you know incredible ability coming through the academy, um, and then. You know, there probably is more players who who can make it into the team this year, even if it is just getting on on the bench and uh, and and making their first appearance uh, this year. I, I think you know Carrick's 
committed to to bringing through the youth. Um, as I just mentioned there, you know, he's he's done an incredible job of um, coaching Hayden Hackney, who looks you know looks like he's getting better every game. Um, so there's no reason why he couldn't do that with with more players coming through uh, through the academy. Yeah, and after the after the game, uh, he did allude to that ever so slightly. But I wanted to talk about Tuber Akpom in, in his interview with BBC Tees because you know he, he's seen his role change over the last four games, and he's really flourished. He scored and contributed to a goal in every single game that he's played so far this season. And um, but I just want to put a clip from from BBC Tees to see how he's changed and we can chat about it as well. I like getting on the wall. I'm not one of them players that just stays up top and hides, you know. From young, I've always been a striker that likes to link up play, come short, assist my teammates and get involved. I just like to get touches on the ball and dribble and, and just be involved. So um, I'm really enjoying it and I can't complain really. Obviously, there's a few adjustments I've had to, to make, like defensively, um, I need to drop in more with the midfield and um, attacking as well. I need to get in the pockets and come deeper to get on the ball. But it's something that I'm enjoying, and I'm kind of forming a partnership like with Johnny Housen and and Hayden Hackney. You know, we're trying to make a lot of triangles. It's weird because I'm 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 building a relationship with Izzy on the right side, and then Johnny and Hayden, and then Marcus, and then Riley. It's it's just a whole partnership going on we have we have in the team. So I'm getting to know the boys better and better, getting to know their positions. And another good thing is that the gaffers told us like where to be at certain points. So. Without even looking, I know where Izzy's going to be. Without even looking, I know where Tommy's um, going to be and um, all the rest of my teammates. So I'm really happy and I'm enjoying it. So Tuba Kampom uh, in, the, in the midfield. Uh, see, you just didn't get that either, did you? Tuba Kampom. Uh, yeah, uh, so, I, I got it. But... Yeah, you got it. <laughs> I thought I'd join in. Uh, but the... Resurg- resurgence under Akpom, obviously, the last few games. I think this season he's been majestic uh, as well and how do you think this new position is benefiting him, Dana? Because he just looks amazing at the moment. He does. He's performing at a really high level at the moment. Um, it suits him really, really well. As I said, I didn't expect that technical ability from him. Um, Arsene Wenger did say that he he does have the, the physicality to be able to compete and was very complimentary over at Pom when he was at Arsenal. But he has taken me by surprise very pleasantly and um i've said it before i love the resurgence of him and i think it just it just really suits him he's sent a piece of a lot of what Bora are doing and yesterday the norwich game the confidence that he's showing at the moment is epitomized in that move where he absolutely does genulis i think he nutmegs him or it's just lovely quick swift trickery to to move past him absolutely brilliant and it sums up cheer about pom at the moment i think it's an absolute masterstroke from carrick to have put him in that position he said it was instinctive he just had a feeling having watched him and already that is applaudable because it, he's reaped the rewards from it you know what is it i think four is it four goals and an assist in carrick's first games it's yeah it's absolutely unbelievable and um, he did get emotional after that Blackpool game and I just want to read a a bit of a quote from uh, the Gazette Um, he said I heard the fans sing my name and after I scored I got a bit emotional Uh, it's because of what we're doing as a team and what I'm doing personally and given the way this season started I wouldn't have expected this Uh, when I came back this summer I was training with the 23s I thought me at Middlesbrough was finished if I'm honest with you I was just training and waiting for my agent to sort something out but one thing I was telling myself no matter what I had to be ready for if if an opportunity came uh, whether that was at Borough or moving elsewhere Uh, and then he said it was a bit overwhelming uh, Middlesbrough is really starting to feel like home now and so many people at the club uh, are making me feel that way and you know what I read that and I was like oh my god Tuba I love you I was like come here and give me a hug like I think everyone in that away and just wanted to give him a hug because um, he, he, he was he was really emotional after he scored that goal and um, his new role is fantastic he is absolutely brilliant in this team um, and I really hope that it doesn't stop um, I, th- I think I said last podcast it's probably not sustainable but I'm enjoying it for what it is right now um, and I hope that I could continue to enjoy it because it is it's really wholesome seeing Tuba received really well by the fans because of his really good performances in that team yeah, and then if you want a hug from Tuba Akpom, we can make that happen on this podcast. Well, I still haven't heard Daryl Lenahan say Aardvark, so I'm still waiting on that. 
We're working on it. We're working on it. Our people are talking to his people and we'll make it work. Um, <laughs> Tom, talking about Chewbacca because you absolutely love him at the moment as well. Yeah, absolutely. I remember uh, a couple of years ago when I was uh, still a big fan of him and changed my name to Whack Tom on on Twitter, and <laughs> you know, that, that, that feeling's coming back now. Um, yeah, I, I just think in in this new position, he is doing extremely well. As he's mentioned in the uh, the interview, there he uh, he definitely seems like the the type of player who does want to be on the ball, and he's playing with confidence. Um, you know, the the fact that he, he can come in, use his strength the way he has, hold up the ball. Uh, and, and play that way, but also playing the other way of, of carrying it forward and, and you're picking picking the right pass when when he's leading the attacking move. It's just it's not something I would have ever expected from him, um, or you know I don't think anyone would have after after his last spell here. He's just he's done so well uh, since coming into the team. Um, you know I think we we got a first glimpse of it against Marseille where he uh, I can't remember who he played it to at the back post. It was a hell of a cross. Um, you know, perfectly weighted, and uh, that was just a, a glimpse at that point. And then coming into the team, taking his chances under Wilder, and then uh, you know sticking around under under Leo, and then um, and, and then becoming such a, a key component under Carrick, he's just impressed me so much this season. And I just want to go back to the clip that we we just played, Dana, um, and he mentioned how Carrick's told him and, and the players to expect players to be in in certain positions. Um, have we seen any patterns emerging? As like as a fan, have you noticed anything? Definitely, and I think the one that stands out the most is in midfield between Johnny Howson and Hayden Hackney. It is mightily impressive the dynamic that them two have, because. Say, for example, Hayden Hackney drops deep, Housen will be the one to advance and vice versa. It's just that really simple movement that's causing other teams problems because against Blackpool, we constantly had players scanning for the spaces and against um, Norwich as well, being able to pick up those pockets and exploit them and pass a move and, and receive it and then pass it off really quickly. Them two are working so well together. And I tell you what, Housen always seems to have this trend at Borough where he plays well and then he drops off a little bit as the manager sort of their time at the club peters out. We saw it under Warnock a little bit under Wilder as well. Then he, he it's just he has this resurgence and he's having it now where he looks like a spring chicken. I think he's like what 34, but it looks like he's shaved about four or five years off him. Like he's carrying the ball with such intent and confidence. And it is so good to see. I really like this version of Johnny House and, and my word, Hayden Hackney. You know what? I was very on the fence with him because I didn't want to go too big on him. But my God, he he is very good. I've I've gone the complete opposite way now, and I, I'm I'm talking him up at you know taking the ball on the half turn, being comfortable under pressure, um, inviting the press, playing it safe, and also being brave on the ball at the same time. It, honestly, he's, he's fantastic. But also. Um, a, a partnership that might have gone under the radar a little bit is Tommy Smith and, and Isaiah Jones on that right-hand side because I think Jones is best and plays really well when he's got somebody to be his foil um, and to provide a, a, a link for him or to be the dummy to effectively take a player out of his space. Uh, and Tommy Smith has been really good the past few games. Um, it has to be acknowledged. I think he is uh, providing a really good uh, link up there with with Jones and, and them two are performing really well on that right-hand side. So they're two that um, that I've liked. And also Daryl Lenahan and Dale Fry um, in that back four are, are very, very good at the moment. Um, knowing when to sit, knowing when to bite, knowing when to attack the ball, I think they're both performing really, really well. And uh, yeah, we're seeing, we're seeing quite a few link-ups. They're the three that have stood out for me. Yeah, and I, I agree with all of them. And I think you picked there was something that you picked up on in the Jones goal. Um, for I think it's like maybe like the third graphic we pulled up on, on it where, Borough, what they like to do now is Tube is, is a big player in in any part of Borough's um, build up play. Now, if you feed into Tuba, it's pretty much the one two of the centre midfielder, and this sets off a trigger with any wing back. So you'll see on, on your third graphic down that Tommy Smith, he's he's looking already. He knows the ball's going to go out wide straight away. And for me, what Bora want to try to do is is get the ball in and then also feed out. And it's very difficult to press against them because you are pulling teams out to create the space for the likes of Force and maybe for Akpom to try and get in behind and, and pull forward. And for me, 
I think it's really intelligent play from Borough at the moment. And when we seen that first clip before from, I think from Carrick where he was saying about opening the ball, opening the pitch up, and we're seeing that implemented in the game. And it's it's quite nice to to go from something so basic um, but being delivered so well. I think simplicity done well is, is is brilliant. And that's how the fundamentals of football really work with it. Work with it. And yeah, I think in terms of any more patterns, I think we just, we just, just look really good. That, that, any of the shape and all of the movement we're having in terms of combination and passing, we're start, that's all we're starting to say. But I think, yeah, Dana Hayden Hackney, wow, he's been amazing the last the last couple of weeks and hopefully we'll continue that. But I think someone who's been equally as impressive, maybe not as impressive as Hackney, but he's been really good over the last couple of weeks, um, was Zach Steffen and appreciate he just missed out uh, on a World Cup spot um, for the USA, but he's and he, I seen a, an article today. I think it was from the from the Gazette where he, he found out four hours before the Blackpool mm-hmm. game had a clean sheet, and again was was really good yesterday. What I loved um, was when he got the ball came up to him, he flicked it over John Hugel's head, um, <laughs> and then just played it back. To, I think I don't know if it was Fry or Lenahan, but um, it was glorious. Um, I mean, yes, heart illnesses might go up in Teesside. And yes, he might make people feel a bit panicky, but by God, his composure is amazing. Um, but he was on a podcast earlier this week um, and he spoke to Andrew Jones um, around the confidence and togetherness in the team. And I really want to play it because I think it's a really good clip. He's been, Michael's been, uh, he's been class, man. He, he's uh, everything we needed. Um, we have a lot of talent. We have a lot of um, motivation and passion and belief. Um we just needed um, direction and, and some details and some um, some yeah positive like reinforcement that we can play and that we're good and we just needed some leadership um, from from the coaching staff which is everything that Michael's given us and and he's very calm he's very poised he's very smart um, he knows the game very well obviously he had a, an amazing career um, and has won a lot of trophies. Um, so it's, it's been nothing but um, positive and a lot of fun and um, very promising um, under him. So uh, we just got to keep keep working and keep uh, trying to get better each and every day. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Yeah, and he, he speaks a lot about that together. So it was shown yesterday at Carroll Road where Borough came back from 1-0 down to to win it. Uh, Dana, how impressed were you with, with Borough's resilience, ability to turn the game on its head and that togetherness that we showed yesterday to, to come back and, and win it? It was the most impressive part of the game for me because we started the first five minutes, we were really commanding, really dominant. We had an attack straight from the off, like immediately after kickoff. And we looked like we were trying to take the game to Norwich and and play 
uh to them and and basically say right what have you got for us what have you got to counter this really good start and and then they did counter it because they scored uh Josh Sargent um scoring that goal and it felt like Borough sort of were rocked a little bit after that and they started to maybe recline into a bit of a shell and then I think we just picked ourselves up and we went again and it was that as you said the resilience to overcome that hurdle there in that Josh Sargent opener that really really impressed me because again talking about the team and the change around from what we've seen we look so devoid of confidence that when we went a goal down I sort of thought like earlier this season I sort of thought yeah we're done we're not going to get back into this game and the fact that we overturned that deficit and, and by the way against a parachute payment team away from home um with the quality that Norwich have I mean, let's, let's be honest, I'm going to dig in on Norwich here because I can't stand teams like them that come up, or come down, sorry, and they try, They have that squad quality that gets them through, but they're not really that good as a collective. And Dean Smith is getting a lot of pelters from Norwich fans because they don't feel like they've progressed under him. Um, so I was extra glad that we won that game yesterday because... It's just such a boring narrative, these parachute permit teams coming down and then getting the rub of the green and having the quality, the squad, individual quality, get them through because of the mass money that they've spent on them. So I was really, really glad that we went to a parachute permit team and and we, we did them over. You know, we overcame that deficit and we got the three points that we really, really did deserve. You know, because of that resilience, I think we we deserved those three points. Yeah, we were really convincing in the second half as well. I think it wasn't it wasn't a fluke. That, although we scored an absolute worldie, um, it wasn't a fluke that we won the game. I think second half we controlled it, and you know when we play against the likes of Norwich, uh, they want the game to be a basketball game because they have the quality to, to to punish you with it. But then also they want to be expansive as much as they can. But when you control the possession, make them having to dig deep, make them become compact. It really nullifies their attack and play. And Bora did that superbly in the second half. But Tom, how would you assess things on, on your end? Because, wow, <laughs> what a win. Yeah, fantastic performance. I think I, I agree with what Dana said. We started off really, really positively. And then when that goal went in, for me, I wasn't, I wasn't worried about it, weirdly. I was thinking, right, this is going to be, you know, the first kind of test for, for the team to see what their resilience is like. You know, we had that good spell last year under Wilder where we could go uh, a goal behind and still come back and and, and win the game. Uh, we've not had that yet on under Carrick, but I just I was looking at the way we were playing and the way they were playing. I'm just thinking I'm not particularly that worried. Fair enough, they did go on after that. I have uh, you know a fairly good spell, but I didn't kind of feel too too threatened at that point. And then you know we grew back into the game after after uh, half time. And I think it's just kind of it's showing the resiliency of, of of the group, but also you know Carrick and Woodgate uh, are deserving a lot of credit for it as well. Um, for you know, I think Zach Stefan said it perfectly there, where they just need some positive reinforcement to to know that they're good players, which I think says a lot about Wilder in the first half of the season and what he must have been saying to him. But you know, they, they've come come out for the second half and look like. Not even a completely different team, but just thought, right? You, you know, when you go down a goal down on FIFA and you're just like, right, I'm going to start playing now. Like that, that was what it felt. <laughs> you just like you sit forward and you're just like, right, that's it. <laughs> that, that's what it felt like for the team, and you know, to score goals like that um, and, and win it right at the death. Absolute quality performance. I was buzzing with it yesterday. Does it show that we can compete against these top sides, oh Tom? Yeah, I, I think we always have the potential to anyway. I think when we come back from the World Cup, Burnley's going to be a good test for us uh, away from home. But, you know, we, we've beat Norwich away. Um, Sheffield United are up there. We, we drew with them at home and arguably could have won that game. Um, West Brom resurgence under under Carlos Corberan, we would have expected them to be higher up and they're kind of showing what, what they can do now. But, you know, we, we matched them earlier in the season as well. I think the ability's always been there. It's just like we just said there, the the players didn't know, didn't have that leadership from management. You know, by the sounds of it, they were constantly being put down and told they weren't good enough. You know, Carrick's just come in with a, a new coaching style and a, a new man management style, and everyone's playing 
pretty much the way that we always thought they could do. Yeah, talk to me about the confidence side of things, guys, um, because the, the difference between Wilder and Carrick is is being comp- it's it's just chalk and cheese, isn't it? You know, then why why do you think that one way of management and another way of management has helped Bora build the confidence now and, and start to put really good performances on the pitch? I think Carrick has made it about we rather than me and with Wilder it was very much the opposite we were given warnings about Wilder's ego and sort of self-centeredness before and as he joined but I guess because it was such a good feeling we'd signed a or we brought in a manager that was a coup I still believe it was a coup for us I think we kind of dismissed it but Carrick's just given them an arm around the shoulder which is all that footballers need sometimes and we heard a lot of Wilder's sort of snipes at the recruitment team and players that weren't at the club forget about it focus on the players that you've got here because it's a good enough group we finished seventh last season we weren't that far away from the playoffs and I will say that this division this season is probably worse than last season as well so there's an open opportunity for Borough to go on and and achieve anything in this division Um, so I think they just needed that belief, didn't they? And to bring about this culture, you know, Akpom said after the game against Blackpool that, um, you know, there's so much good energy floating around the club. You can see that coming into training and stuff. We're enjoying it. And 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 you've, I felt that. I felt that when he said that because it just seems like there's, there's a really good feeling that Carrick, I mean, Tuba quoted our tweet yesterday and literally said, we've got super Michael Carrick. So they're fully bought into it. And that's all we needed. And it, 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 you know, it pays dividends because footballers don't want to be put down. Humans, people, normal people don't want to be put down. Um, We don't want to be put down. So it's good to have that, as Stefan said, positive reinforcement and direction is what he said as well. It seemed like Obviously, Wilder was looking elsewhere. It was very much directionless because he just wasn't bought in, whereas Carrick has just, as I said, made it about the collective team rather than about him and what he wants and what he didn't get, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, Wilder probably puffing on some pox scratchings last night, drinking Peroni. Um <laughs> Have it. <laughs> <laughs> Can't repeat what you just done there, didn't it? On on audio version, but uh, in, in, ter- in terms of the, the the confidence side of things, when you look at styles and ways of management, there is there is multiple ways that you can you can manage a team and and reactions because personalities within the group will will react in different ways. Someone might prefer a bollocking, and that will motivate them. Some need an arm around the shoulder. Some need a personal touch and someone might need a distant approach and someone can can do it on the by themselves and, and, and work on it that way. And it seems to me that we've we found a, a nice little sweet spot within the group that they're all fully bought in and he's managing them separately as individuals rather than as a collective. And I think that's probably the best way to go about it in any time any type of management because if you're able to bring down the blockers and give someone a bit of confidence. I think for me, and I said, I've said on the last few podcasts, I think confidence is the most important part of football. If you have it, you can take on the world. And if you don't, you can get beat off anyone. Um, and for, for Borough, we, we look really, really good at the moment. And I think it's from that confidence, that safe space and that stability that we've got. And I think that's paying dividends on and off the pitch. And for me, when you see the players have confidence and you see that they're enjoying it, I think it's very easy for a fan to resonate with that and get fully bought in as well. Um, and we don't have any association with Carrick at all in terms of we don't speak to him, we don't talk to him, but you can feel that connection and that connects off the pitch just as much um, as well. But just going back to the game, Dana, um, we got like a, a message in from, from Gokul and he says, uh, what changed in the second half as Norwich weren't really able to enter the final third um, as easily as they did in the first half? I think this comes back to the bit we were saying earlier around controlling the game, making it less of a basketball match and having more possession of the football. 
Yeah, and shutting off the key spaces as well. Carrick has spoken a lot about attacking the key spaces of a football match, but we had to defend them because Aaron Ramsey in particular in that first half and, and Gabriel Sara as well had too much influence and impact on proceedings and getting into the final third, as Gockel says. I think in that second half, we just shut off the space. You know, we limited, we compacted the midfield a little bit. And I was listening to Michael Bailey talk about the game afterwards and he used the word passive to describe Norwich. I think it would be unfair on Borough to just put it down solely to passiveness, although from what I've heard from Norwich fans, it has been a theme in their games this season. But Borough shut off and limited that space to be able to get through. And uh, I think Max Ahrens was the player in that second half that out of all of those Norwich lot uh, was at least trying to get something started. So the fact that they're influential player switch from a central midfielder in Aaron Ramsey to Max Ahrens, um, a fullback. So from central to the wide area, I think sums up Borough's game plan. They tweaked the shape is what Carrick said um, and they changed the press as well. And I just think, as I said, we we shut off, we, we sort of blocked that avenue for them to be able to penetrate us through the middle. So that's why they went out, out wide and... Um, I think we saw it in that second half. A lot of their opportunities came from sort of cutting in from uh, from the wide area. And in the end, it was all all fart and all shit from them, really. Um, and I'm quite glad for that. I'm glad that they had Ornel Hernandez because he's probably the one that epitomises that phrase on the most. Uh, well, you can keep that to yourself, Dan, because we're going to be going to a certain island in just a moment. <laughs> um, but Tom... We need a bit of magic to get back into it, I think. You know, obviously, we, we were dominating the game, and you can see sometimes where a team will dominate periods of a game and then they don't get what they're rewarded with, and then they go on to, to lose 2 0. Ryan McGree says a kick. <laughs> How were you feeling when that flew in? Because what a strike that is. I think the first thing I shouted was Dick Anio. <laughs> <laughs> well, I Just... thought you were going to say something else then. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what, what you're thinking there, but. Um... No, it, it just reminded me, like, you know, we used to try scissors kicks on the playground all the time when I was in school and shout to Canio when we did it and they'd all go over the fence or something and he's actually managed to get one in the top corner. It was absolutely, you know, tremendous strike. Um, totally wasn't expecting it either. Um, uh, you know, with McGree, I, I feel like he can score those types of uh, types of wonder goals. You know, he had a, another cracker against Swansea last season. And he can have other shots which which go anywhere. But I think um, you know when he first came in, we were we were told about like uh, an absolute wonder goal that he scored in the uh, in the A League. Um, and yeah, he just he seems to kind of carry on that that trend of just pulling out uh, wonder goals out of nowhere. But yeah, what a strike that was! A fun fact as well that he every time Ryan McGree scored in a football match, the team hasn't lost. Uh, so what? I have now give my own version of the malt curse uh, <laughs> and we will lose the next time he does score. Uh, but Tom, goals like that, you know, when it, when someone scores such a world, it can really spur a team on to go on when it can. It? Yeah, definitely. And I think that, that was all we needed. Um, like I said earlier, we we came out strong in the in, in the second half. Um, I think we we did deserve a goal up until that point anyway. Um, just the way we got it was absolutely stunning. Um, and then um, <laughs> just seeing the look on your face there, Johnny, a few minutes in, stunning all week. But um, <laughs> oh, stunning. yeah, I think I think after that point, it just it does give you the confidence to to go on and get another. And and the way we got the last one, it was very reminiscent of uh, of a lot of like last minute winners from last year, wasn't it? Where it, I mean, it, surprisingly, it wasn't Isaiah Jones with a low cross, but just Crooks or <laughs> uh, you know someone else running into the uh, the six yard box and absolutely hammering it in. Um, you know, couldn't expect anything less from a last minute winner at the moment. Mm. When 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 we scored that, there was celebrations all around, on and off the bench, uh, on the pitch as well. And I want to take us to a place where memberships are smiling first, guys, because Ryan Giles and Hayden Hackney, uh, congratulations, uh, you could be in Shadows Island. Let me take you to a place where memberships are smiling face Brushing shoulders with the stars Where strangers take you by the hand and welcome you to Wonderland From beneath the Panama Chit out silent drinks are free 
But in sunshine, there's enough for everyone. All that's missing is the sea. But don't worry, you're a shit house. Sorry and not sorry for getting that in your heads. Uh, <laughs> for anyone that's listening and singing it for the rest of the week, I have been getting a lot of messages. People saying, Johnny, I hate you for creating that. Um, Tom's dad. Um, <laughs> um, it's, it's just him, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> um, to be fair, at that Telegram chat, I get a lot of messages about that. It's not, you know, you enjoy it, so keep it. Uh, but Giles and Hackney, uh, all, why are they in uh, Shithouse Island? Oh, well, it's the shushing. We seem to have uh, acquired a bit of a trend at the moment. Our players keep shushing everybody. And I don't know why. I don't know if it's some unspoken thing or it's actually just a planned uh, celebration from our players. But um, I'm loving every minute of it. Uh, the, both of them, it was like it was choreographed from Giles and Hackney. They both they both went up to the Norwich supporters and uh, and gave them the, the shush. And one of the stewards did not want the smoke. Um, he was trying to stop them. He was trying to stop them both, but no, they were loving it, weren't they? Um, yeah, McGree as well. McGree's already in Shithouse Island, of course, but he, as soon as he hit that scissor kick, um, he was giving it the shush as well. So, yeah, um, Jones against Blackpool as well did it. It's, I don't know what's happening. I don't know what's gotten into our players, but I'm loving every minute of it. Tom, do you think that the players are watching Shithouse Island and going, you know what, the drinks are free. Uh, I want, I want a bit of that as well. Yeah, I mean, who wouldn't want to be on Shithouse Island? I mean, you just hit, <laughs> hear that song every week and just think, yep, that's where I want to be. That's where I want to be. Well, to be honest, I was going to say I was debating for Zach Stefan to come in this week. You know, obviously there's a photo of him sat uh, sat on the floor when the penalty's been taken, the diving in the wrong way, but we we think that it, it's not enough shithousery, uh, Tom, De- Tom Dana. Who wants to take this one? Because I, yes. I personally thought I thought he was <laughs> going to be, and I wasn't finished with my question. Um, I think he, I think he deserved to be in. But Tom, you don't think he does, Dana? Do you not think he does either? Come on, um, Tom, you can take this. Yeah, I, I mean, I, th- I think context is key with uh, the the photo of him sitting down against the post. Um, I didn't realise at the time when that was tweeted that that was while the penalty was being taken. So I don't really mind that so much. I think the the dive <laughs> after the, the shot had gone past him and diving the wrong way, um, I love a bit of keeper shit. I was really like that. I do it myself, but I don't know. <laughs> I think that's... I, I don't know. I think, I think he can do more as a goalkeeper to mm. to, to get on Lee there. Nichols. I don't know. Yeah, Lee I, I, Nichols I want to set, set the bar higher for it. Mm. Okay. So to Zach Stefan then, um, you need to raise your bar, I guess. Need, need to raise your bar, but if if you disagree as a listener, as a viewer, let us know in the comments because you know we are we are uh, very open in in terms of putting him in the island, but we just need a little bit of more. Um, in terms of your contributions, though, it's time for questions now. And every week, you send us your questions uh, via Twitter at the Borough underscore Breakdown or email at the Borough Breakdown Hotmail dot com or via our Telegram chat. Where over three hundred Borough fans are there talking everything but Borough. Um, but everyone was dead happy yesterday uh, with the 2-1 win. But the first question uh, comes from James and he says, which was better, McGree's scissor kick or uh, was touch and skill build up to the winner? Um, Tom, you can take this one. What do you think? I'm going to go with the scissors kick. Having tried that many times, is, I know how hard it is not to get under the ball and you know, absolutely hoof it over the fence or over a building or something. <laughs> so to, to get that top bins off, off a scissors kick, I think uh, I think that's a better bit of skill. Dana? I would say the same. I have hit a scissor kick before, not with an actual football, but there was a there was a ball in a McDonald's Happy Meal um, back in like 2006 promoting the World Cup. Uh, and I used to hit it on a scissor kick and uh, it's so satisfying. So, yeah, I would say the scissor kick. Shout out okay. to that ball, by the way. Yeah, and I was gonna say, I was gonna say, you, you, I thought you were gonna try it on Thursday when we're at Play Brew. I thought, you know, when you said add the inflatable ball, you, oh, I thought you were gonna go for it, do like overhead kicks or something after your cup legions. Um, but the, the next question uh, is from Balam, and he says, "Do you feel uh, this win can this win in the second half of the season give the players confidence to get more wins in the second half of the season and get in the top six places?" Uh, Dan, I join this one. 
I think it could, yeah. I mean, obviously, there's a big break, isn't there? So it's, I don't know whether I'd say it's stopped out. Well, it has stopped out momentum in terms of the games, that, um, the big gap in between the next game. But I think it, it probably will because, you know, you've gone to a, a team there that, you know, recently relegated from the Premier League uh, away from home. And that has been a problem for us before. You know, we couldn't buy a win away from home two and a half months ago. So to to go into the World Cup break off the back of three away wins on the spin, I think will give them immense confidence. And obviously, um, having that trade, having that time on the training pitch with Michael Carrick will probably just reinforce a lot of the goodness that we've seen so far and ensuring that it's not just a new manager bounce that we're enjoying at the moment. So um, I think it could. I think this is a, a marker now for Borough. This is what they're capable of. Let's repeat it. Let's see it again. And let's continue that upward trajectory that we're seeing under Michael Carrick so far. Okay, and then on the next question, it's from Dave and, and Tom. I'm going to come to you on this one. He says, we're four points off the playoffs and four points off the relegation zone. So where will we end up? I'm going up. Uh, up. <laughs> Title charge. Maybe. Table's lying at the moment. We're actually in the playoffs already. Um, or at least we're playing like we are. Um, all, all, of the, all of the data suggests that we are a playoff team. So yeah, we're just, we're just not there in the one that actually probably matters. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, you know, I, I, I think we're going to come out after after the World Cup, hopefully full, even more full of confidence and having that time on the training pitch to, to work on a lot more finer details. And, you know, I really hope that we look absolutely outstanding against Luton. Um, and, you know, I, I think the uh, sky's the limit on where we can, we can end up. I think... You know, a lot of people had us finishing top two uh, before the season started, um, and you know, with the, with the squad that we have, there, there's no reason why they couldn't. Um, there's they just needed that kind of um, uh, leadership, as as Stefan was saying, and and, and the direction. Uh, I think now that we've got that, and you know, we're, we're playing really well. You know, I mean. I think there's teams who will occupy those top two spaces, so I'd, I'd, I wouldn't want to go that far. But I think definitely playoffs is uh, is you know a good possibility. Okay, and then the final question. Uh, I'm going to come to both of you on this one, uh, but Tom, I'll come to you first. Uh, has the World Cup break come at the wrong time? I'm going to try and stay optimistic and say no. Uh, and and like I've just said there, we've got four weeks to, to work on the training pitch. We've got a friendly game against Hibs. I'm sure we'll have more behind closed doors during that time. But that's just going to allow Carrick the time to to work on a lot more stuff um, on, on the training pitch. It's good that we've hit a, a bit of form. The, the only bad part for me, I think, is the fact that when we come back against Luton, they currently don't have uh, have a manager. Uh, who knows what they're going to play like when when they come back? Um, they might get the new manager bound, so they might be shocking. But um, <laughs> you know, it, it'll, it'll be hard to do any prep work on on Luton. I think, but from our side, we can only play our way and and get better at it in the, in that four weeks. Dana, what do you think? Yeah, I don't think it's come at the best time, but also it's not come at the worst time either because, I mean, if we'd have lost that game yesterday, it would have been terrible. You know, having weeks to, you know, a month or so to chew, uh, stew, not chew, uh, stew on that game. Um, So it's good that we're going into it in a really good feeling. Um, And as I said, you know, I think Carrick has that time to really reinforce what's good of this team what we've seen so far and ensure that it's not just a new manager bounce because it could well be that we're that we're enjoying that at the moment and that's absolutely fine well I think as Borough fans we don't want that to be just a a temporary thing do we so Mm. I think it's it's good to be able to just get on the training pitch and um really reinforce as Chuba said you know those patterns the link up the innate um knowledge of where players are going to be um those patterns of play so yeah I think it's it's not the worst thing in the world but probably worse as a fan because going going into it off the back of that performance and result you just want to watch Bora again tomorrow if I could so yeah I think for that it's it's a bit annoying and inconvenient but I see it as having uh good things to come from it to be honest 
Mm. Yeah, you never want to leave when you're on a heater, do you? Like, um, we're, we're really in good form and also performing very, very well. Um, so it's obviously it's a bit of a shame that the World Cups came, but I kind of echo you both in terms of this could be a really good time for Borough to, to implement character style, but also give the players a bit of a break as well who aren't going to, to the World Cup. You know, spend some time with your families, go abroad, do whatever you want to do, and then come back maybe like next, but probably like a week's time or in 10 days' time and and just start working collectively again and have that that bonding time to to really progress for the second half of the season. Um, and then the final part we're going to go to this week is the present place because the present place is the pr- place we give praise to a team, a coaching staff member, a player, um, Thomas Masseuse, who absolutely battered him yesterday, uh, and <laughs> so much more. I mean, to be fair, the present place could be something for us this week because, you know, the FCAs are on Wednesday and you never know we could come back with something. Um, but who's going to get our nominations uh, this week? Uh, Dana, do you want to go first? Who's in? Who's your nomination? Ooh, um, I'm going to have a, f- a couple of nominees, actually. I think Zach Steffen, firstly, being told, as you said, four hours before the Blackpool game, that your World Cup dream is over because you're not being selected, you know, admitted from the, the squad completely. That was a massive surprise. Uh, it's testament to him, really, that he's picked himself up and uh, he's put in some really good performances. He was massive in that game yesterday against Norwich because he made some really important saves at key moments. I think five saves he made in that game. Um, I think in a total XG of over, over one. So, um, you know, he definitely contributed to that performance and that result but also Tommy Smith um, has been really good of late and I think I need to put him in there. Uh, Marcus Force as well uh, you know Blackpool really showed that he's more than just a poach you know when we had Billy on this podcast I really thought that he was just that you know that he was a finisher that is I think Billy even said you know his build-up play isn't particularly great but I think we've seen that it is, you know, well, maybe not great, but it's, it's good. It's it's much better than I thought it was. He's taken the ball into his stride. He's got a decent touch on him, um, decent pace. He's He's been good, uh, Marcus Force, and two assists as well, um, and a goal. So he's been fantastic. I'm sure there's somebody else that I wanted to put in there. Well, obviously Hayden Hackney as well um, at Pom. The whole team can go in there, to be honest. Every, everyone is in Dana's present place. Uh, Tom, <laughs> what about you? Yeah, I feel like I need to go in a slightly different direction to that, and I'm going to put the whole coaching team in. Um, I, I think the whole team deserves to be in there. Um, but, you know, the last five games under Carrick, um, I've, I think they've, they've all done so well to to really change the players' mindsets, pick them up, and get them playing the way that they have done. Um, it, I think I think it's really brought a, a good feeling back to the place. Um, I think even even that first away game at Preston, like the fans were still, you know, singing for for most of it. I mean, it did help that the Preston fans were quiet for about eighty five minutes. But um, yeah, just it has brought such a such a good feeling back, and I hope that can continue after the uh, after the international break. Okay, then. So players, the coaching staff for you, Tom. I, I want to single out one or two. Um, Hayden Hackney for me. Just been like I've said throughout the show, been amazing. Um, he's getting better and better and better. And to be honest, I think he's kind of the one that goes. Ah, I wish the World Cup wasn't coming now because when you're in that much form and you've got that much momentum going uh, for you, you just don't want to stop. And he's been brilliant, really has. He's came at the sides. You know, he, he didn't look out of it when he first came in, and now he looks even better as now he's in it. And and the second one, I, I agree with you, Dana Tommy Smith. Really good, like really, really good to dislodge Dyke Steele um, and keep growing each week and really building that um, that partnership with Isaiah Jones has been marvellous uh, as well. And we just, and collectively as a team, we we look great. But I think Hackney and, and Tommy Smith are going to get my two nominations for this week. Uh, but guys, uh, thank you very much uh, for joining me as always. And the listeners and the viewers, thank you very much. Uh, for watching us and listening to us as well. And we've been speaking a lot about confidence uh, this week on this podcast, so I'm going to push our next pod. Um, and we've got our guest on, um, and it's Dan Abraham. Uh, Dan has worked with, he's a sports psychologist, and he's worked with Steve McLaren, Eddie Howe, Gareth Bale, Yannick Balassi, um, and he works with a really elite footballers and golf um, golf players. And also he worked with Eddie Jones as well, who's been the, who's the coach at uh, England Rugby as well. 
And he's going to come on and just talk to us about how sports psychology plays such a big part in, in football and how a negative uh, emotion and a positive emotion. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market can do wonders for for football teams so that'd be really good that'd be out next Sunday but for right now uh, Borough have become a bag of tricks in the last four games this is Magic Mike's Middlesbrough and that was loving us loving every single moment of 